you might as well just turn this podcast off right now because we didn't have any technical difficulties during this entire show. So that might seem strange and we should have just hung up the podcasting phone because this will never happen again. But if you want to learn about things like electric diagnostics on a dirt bike, total bike rebuild myths explained, what all-wheel drive really is, and a 3,000 or 3, how many? 3 million view video that we have. Uh, Rooster Endo, your favorite episode of Rooster Endo. Coasting downhill, is it good or bad? And hard to find exotic bike parts. What to do about this, which I don't think we really gave a very good answer. So if any of that stuff's interests you, you're going to have to listen to the show and enjoy our new sponsor, Taco Mike from Taco Motoco. So here we go. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Motoco. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before, and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto co-branded components come with a no-questions-asked lifetime warranty, and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM, and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Live from Pahrump, it's uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Logan, this is the show where we talk about what? Dirt bikes and dirt bike related products. Okay, good. You're getting better at this. I can tell that the first day of school is already helping. You, you seem a little sharper today, a little more yeah. willing to communicate. This is this is good because uh, we are going to uh, answer your questions, um, try to help you out with your motorcycle uh, needs, um, curiosities, things like that. Uh, this show is brought to you by. Um, who's it brought to you by? Recluse. Recluse sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, climb. Climb, exactly. And Climb makes really good vented gear, especially for an off-road rider. I mean, in fact, I was wishing I was wearing it on the motocross tracks when I was riding because the stuff is so vented. Their XC light gear is uh, amazing, super lightweight, which is why it's called light, but it also feels like you're not wearing much in the way of gear. It's almost like It's almost like riding naked. Which I don't like to do that much. Um, and it's protective because I've actually been riding in the trees and the stuff that usually punji sticks you and scratches you and stuff like that, I don't uh, have that problem. So uh, Climb makes very good gear, all different kinds of gear. And I just saw they had a little post about beanies. So them being very snow focused, they're getting ready for the winter already. And I can't even feel that. Is it, is it how hot out here, Logan? Um, 
It is you could just, 102. It's just hot. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's stinking hot. So uh, too hot to really ride dirt bikes, but um, I think I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and go riding. I think I'm going going out riding tomorrow. I might ride out to where they're doing the Vegas Torino qualifiers and uh, just go riding in that general direction, sit on a hill or something like that. So um, with that, we're going to go right into the questions like we promised our Facebook viewers. And so if you're wondering if you're picking this up someplace, a recorded version of this live show, um, we're on YouTube, we're on uh, Twitch, we're on Facebook. Where else are we on? Is that it? YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitch. Um, Does your microphone have any volume to it yet? My microphone is not on right now. Which one is it? Uh, five um, and six. Five and six. Yeah. How's that? Can you hear Matt now? Can we you hear me right now? Yeah, we can yeah, hear you. Audio's picking me up, yeah. There we so, go. So let me see. So we are on Facebook, uh, both Dirt Bike Test and Jimmy Lewis's page. We're on YouTube, and we're also on Twitch now. We have one viewer on Twitch. I put, is it you? It's not me. No, find actually. out find out who that viewer is, and I'm gonna. I, I would like to send them a dirt bike test T-shirt. All right, yeah. So if viewer, we can, put it, put it, if, put, put if in the, the chat who you are. Twitch person is figured out, and I did, I was actually thinking I was gonna run a contest. Actually, I said I wasn't gonna run any contest, but this is a, this isn't a contest. It's a reward for extra effort. Um, we have left because Twitch people are probably like small kids like Logan, so they'll they'll yeah. fit in the smalls and mediums. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, we have a shirt for them. Damn, I went into the contest zone. How bad was that? <laughs> it's not. It wasn't even a contest. If you, you didn't even know what you're competing for. But our right. first Twitch viewer, that's awesome. Uh, why would we be there? I don't know. I just decided to do it because it was stupid. Just like most of the stuff I've done in my entire life. Uh, yeah. So straight to the questions. Um, I was going to explain. You know, so we generally t- field questions from the the YouTube videos from the week before. So if you have questions during this show that you can't that don't seem to really get answered. A lot of them, they'll come up in the chat. We'll see them. We'll answer them live. But if you put a question in the comments down below when it actually goes up as a video, we farm through those and pull out the ones that are relevant and good, and we'll answer them for you the next week because sometimes you just want uh, an honest answer by somebody who doesn't give a crap, right? Yeah. Not trying to sell you something. Not trying to make you a contest. So we're going to start out with uh, Mike Warren's question. And I know, Matt, there was two more that popped up but right before we went live. And I'd like you to I'll work on, uh, read, them up. read those off. So, Logan, you're, this is one of your jobs because I get thirsty. Um, Mike Warren, my, I mean, 2018 YZ 250FX, battery not charging and replaced the voltage regulator and stator tests. Good, according to the book. With a good battery, should I replace the stator? Also, the the recluse, which I bought after listening to the show, in gear just wants to engage at idle. Should I replace fibers? I adjusted it a couple times. Okay, so two questions there. One is about the uh, battery not charging and he replacing the voltage regulator. So... If you tested the stator, it sounds like he kind of has a pretty good comprehension of what's going on. If you tested the stator and it was good and you replaced the voltage regulator, that's the majority of the stuff in the system other than having some wiring issues. But it's real easy. If you take your take a your voltage meter and check and make sure that the battery is getting a charge, you know, at different RPMs and make sure that it's not overcharging, you know, not going up too high into the 14s. Um, and make sure it's not dwindling down too low, you know, down below somewhere 
12, a little bit lower. If it's if it's running and it's only showing 11, then then there's something there is something wrong in there. Staters typically fail because of heat or the windings get loose and they 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 vibrate. So check the bike hot and cold. Make sure you're getting the same readings um, when the bike's warm and cold, and that will let you know whether or not um, you are on your way to you know, <laughs> hopefully no electrical problems. Those are the hardest things to diagnose. Uh, and then he was asking about, uh, so I wouldn't replace the stator until it told me that it was bad. You know, some, something said this was bad. And I, I was kind of curious why you went straight to the voltage regulator. Was there a problem? Did you notice like a spike in voltage or something like that? Cause a lot of times batteries just go bad. They have a shelf life and, um, I get anywhere from two to seven years on a battery and i can't tell you why or how or it's just it seems like you know that you get some that are really good and some that um aren't very good uh, and if it if it's under two years then i kind of suspect that there's a problem and if i have and, and i've had failures on all different brands in under two years and i've had all different brands last for way too long and so I don't, I don't have a, a, a go-to, like, say, this is – I can't tell you this is the best battery because I've had every single brand you've probably heard of either exceed expectations or fail miserably. And I just think it's one of those things where it's just a little bit of quality control um, over time. So onto the Recluse. And so he bought it. And, man, if it's if – it's, if you didn't put some stupid setting like I re- recommend in and it's engaging at idle, something isn't right because they tend to engage quite a bit higher than idle. Um, if you monkeyed with the setting, you know, softer springs, heavier wedges, and it was engaging at idle, I would totally understand it. So I would go through there, make sure that you went through, because that's a cable-activated clutch, and those are a little bit different than the hydraulic clutches in the way that you set it. And sometimes if your cable isn't set properly, the tension on your cable is not set properly, which has a lot to do with the free play gain, it can... Um, essentially you know not it can engage too early and do all kinds of stuff so make sure that setting is right and if it hasn't been right and you've been riding it it can generate a little bit extra heat uh it can make it can make some problems so hopefully uh you can fix that and what am i doing logan oh did you did you fart and you wanted to see if it went into the sound oh no i was hearing a ringing but i think it's just in my ear I watched this movie called Idiocracy. You seen it? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, Quite I watched. I had to. I had to do a, a, a review on that, and and so because I'll get into it later. So okay. Is this, uh, is this the thing we were talking next about earlier? Qu- next question. Uh, do we talk, Matt? We don't talk. We didn't really talk that much today. No, yeah, I haven't been in a talking mood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, that's that's the answer. Um, Matt Mattoon. Mm. Speaking of not talking, my my producer emails me or posts on Facebook the question he wants to ask about his bike. This is this is the communication level we have around here. Well, I want to create content for the show. Good. Yeah. Okay, let's get let's have it. Um, if I was to go with rebuilding my Husaberg, not a five seventy, would you recommend going OEM or aftermarket for most of my engine components? I've gone aftermarket before, but at a shop I've worked at, they also they always swore by OEM parts. So, um, by the way, uh, tonight's show also brought to you by uh, Milagro. 
I don't know why. It's, it's just not bad. No, I just – do you have some? No, I've, I've had that. I've, I've had it before. I've had that before, It's yeah. kind of just the middle of the road, not too bad. A little, little sharp on the on the first initial bite, but um, mm-hmm. that's our tequila review for tonight. Uh, so back to the stock parts, OEM or aftermarket. And so if you just want to play it safe, like 100% safe, and you have access to it and you don't mind paying – a little bit more some of the time because, you know, there's a lot of different variation. The safest way to go is always with OEM. Just that way you're knowing you, if, and if you're happy with how it worked and it, and it was good and you got durability, I would put OEM parts back in um, all the time. But a lot of times I'm looking for a cost, you know, cost savings, a little advantage there. Or maybe there's something that might've been, uh, it might yield a little bit more performance advantage. Um, some aftermarket stuff, frankly, is exactly the same as OEM or or, or so close you would not be able to tell. Um, and and it, it goes for, I think, almost everything. And what you're, we're talking about your TE300. Yes, yes, my so, t- 2012 TE300. And what are we rebuilding? I kind of want to do it just a – I kind of want to do an engine rebuild on top of just kind of like rebuilding everything. I kind of want to start from scratch <laughs> with that bike. You know, it's – I want a fresh start, honestly. So, Matt, you should just sell the bike back to yourself. Just sell it to yourself for like eight hundred dollars, like bike in a basket case or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, and and start from there because I would actually because you're you, I I think I think I think what you're thinking is you want to strip this thing down and just mm-hmm. clean everything and do everything one at a time. And I, yeah, and I want just, I just want to make sure everything's right from the ground up. Okay. Rather so, than always chasing some problem that I've always done with that bike. So what I think you should do, what I honestly think you should do is there's probably like four or five very big mechanical issues with this. Mm-hmm. I know that yeah, your clutch is kind of, has, has been, is kind of jacked up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, your it's starter, just, I just to, I'm just going to go, this is, a, this is off my mat. Your starter motor starter is yeah. jacked up. Well, no. So what happened was like the the Bindex had blown up, blown up in it. Right. And when it did that, where where the starter motor actually where the Bindex goes into the case, it actually like spun out and it, it broke where where it fits in there. So in in the case itself, like where, where that hole is that the Bindex spins in, it'll just spin it's, itself right, right out. So okay. So so these are the two major issues. So I would just go in and and fix those two things individually figure out what you need to do to get that starter working i know there's some rebuild kits for those Mm -hmm. you might need some new parts you might need a new case who knows Mm -hmm. get get that thing so it just starts up perfect right done with that then start working on the clutch just figure out what you need in the clutch is the are the is the basket worn is the um you know is the the hydraulic slave cylinder sticking is the rod that goes who knows what what's wrong with that thing Mm -hmm. um you know, Mojave Bob probably modified some stuff inside of there that you have no idea what he tried to do because he heard that like some factory team did this thing and he thought it would be better. Right, right. So, so I would I would fix the big issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're and when you're you know kind of riding it, testing this stuff out, like notice, God, you know, does this bike vibrate really bad? Oh, what, why is it vibrating? Maybe the pipe isn't mounted properly. So I would take a, a little bit different approach than just the wholesale tear it apart and try to fix everything all at once. Mm-hmm. Why not take things in small digestible things and then you you know you you see an improvement, you get it, 
and and as you're doing it, start thinking about okay, what's the next most annoying thing about this motorcycle that yeah. I need to fix? Do I do I need to have the suspension revalved? Do I need to do is is there you know, who cares what it looks like right now? So so cuz what <laughs> the the romantic theory on what you have going on here is that you want this just project bike looking showroom piece that's so awesome. And that's what everybody wants, but right. in reality what's really causing you to do it is these mechanical gremlins. So right. I would, well, that that's my thing is like, you know, I, I feel like I, I, I just, I just know that uh, I won't, I would take better care of it now than I did when I was 16, 17, you know? <laughs> right. So, and it's just, I, I don't want to, I, I want to actually, uh, yeah, you, you know, know, levers, levers, grips. Yeah. Um, this just the, the, the contact points in the bike, you know, make sure everything's straight, all this stuff. Logan's see Logan's at the age where you were back then, and he's just destroying KTM 300 TPI bikes like they're going out of style, right? Yeah. Yeah. So listen. So th- there's 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 a few generations of knowledge being passed around here at this point because he was where you were at now, and and you kind of see like oh. The rim's a little bit bent. It doesn't matter. I'll ride it anyways. And, oh, you know, the clutch doesn't work, but it doesn't matter. I'll ride it anyways. And those things kind of start, like, after a while, the clutch gets so bad, you forget about the rim. The spokes all come loose. Then the wheel's trying to fall apart so bad that you can't true it. And then the clutch isn't working. Then you notice the wheel doesn't work. And then next thing you know, the top end's worn out, and you don't have any money. Sound familiar? Very familiar. Yeah, never seen it happen before. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to the next. Did I answer your question? Uh, so, anyways, yeah, I, you, you did we, we we really broke that down. <laughs> we said, was there a Husaberg on the screen behind me? No, no, behind you. It's just some stuff from the Honda shoot. This is actually from the last. I saw I saw a Husaberg. An oh, old up there. An old one. Really? Did I? Okay. Uh, I, like an old. Super. Maybe maybe you're thinking of your uh, of your Roost and Endo Husaberg. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just it was it was the old ones. Uh-huh. Sorry. Go ahead. Next. Um, Craig Alberts, did you hear if the 2022 CRF 250RX would get the same upgrades as the CRF 250R? Absolutely, every single one of the upgrades, and that is what is. That's one of the cool things that Honda is doing with the RX is they are keeping it current with the R. So when the R gets changes. The RX gets changes, and that bike is essentially an all-new bike um, to the same level that the uh, 250 is. And I'm excited to ride that one because, and because the the RX, I think the RX was better than the R before, and and I think it'll make a it'll the the stuff they did to it if it carries over into the RX, um, and and if they. Uh, got the suspension um, working even better on the RX. Uh, that could be a really good bike. That that bike would be. I'm excited to ride that one. So yeah, Craig, that's um, I I that's going to be a good bike. I hope I have to ride it first. And so San Felipe Bob is uh, asking Chris Real Chris Real a question. Um, where can I find information on how to refine my own gas? So he wants to build a a gas lab. Uh, like a clandestine gas producing facility inside of his garage. That that we're getting at. That sounds like most people out in Brum, like their alibis. Okay. Oh, that's that's the. Alibi. Oh, that's the alibi. Yeah. Oh, I was I was trying to make my own gas, but it was it just happened to turn into crack. Yes. Who? Um. 
I don't think that's Bob, though. Bob Probably not. No, I think Bob really is worried about his children uh, having the ability to ride um, gas-burning motorcycles. And we've talked about this on the show. Like, like, like in 20 years, when all of a sudden, you know, they've... they've and, and it's probably not going to be all electric. Trust me. It's, it's going to be something different. Hydrogen, whatever. Who knows what we'll be using to propel our vehicles. But if you want to have that gasoline-burning experience, which um, power density per, you know per gallon, let's say, or, you know, for, for, it is pretty, pretty good. And it, it transports relatively easy. It's, it's longstanding, but I think you're going to find that gasoline may be harder and harder to get and get more and more expensive. Now, when you're only burning, you know, three or four gallons, maybe you can take the 50 or $60, a gas tank that it may cost in 10 or 15 years to, to fill up your motorcycle. But, um, I think that's what uh, Bob's reached out. He's like, what, what, where am I going to be able to get gas? I hear something too, too. What's the squeaky noise? You know, we'll, we, we will be lucky that we don't have a quad, a loud, unmuffled quad yeah, doing I, donuts. I that's what I just heard out there. Oh, it might be. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I know that there is a squeaky. We do need to replace one of those uh, plugins back uh, behind, that's behind you. Like the, the little box that's actually plugged in. It, oh, it's just it, that thing makes a, a lot of noise, but the box does. Yeah, so so like yeah, uh, yeah where the plugs in. Yeah, next to the headphones. Hey, we haven't we haven't had an audio. We haven't we we uh, no failures yet tonight, Matt. No, some no. Uh, so uh, Christian is saying there's a uh, the show is uh, lagging, but when when I'm what I'm monitoring, I haven't seen any lags yet. So yeah, uh, I wonder where the lag is from. Yeah, oh so, uh, well, Christian no. So so here's the thing: is when you're watching it live. Um, it it definitely can lag, and it could be on your end. It could be on some server in between uh, me and you. I I would love to hand deliver this show to you out there in the the digital lands, but uh, that's the way it's going to work. So, uh, Bob, um, start burying your money in coffee cans to buy gas for the future. Okay, next question. Okay. Adrenaline addiction. Oh, we're into the. We got two. Matt, grab. Can you yep. grab those other two? Uh, that, this is onto the YouTube comments, so we want to get to these other ones. Yeah. First. Do you want me to just read them, or do you want me to send them to Logan? No, read them. Okay. You, read them. So from uh, Christian Gorgon, uh, he has a uh, 2010 Husaberg FX450 fuel pump question. Mm-hmm. It's not a 570. It's not a 570, right? It doesn't matter. It's a Husaberg. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. There we go. <laughs> oh wait, we didn't ring it for my Husaberg then. No. Um, I guess my Hoosberg's not ding worthy. It's a two-stroke, dude. Okay. It's only half the strokes. 570 should have, like, it should be a seven-stroke motor. It's just so, so massive. You, like, wonder where it develops all that torque. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it make yeah. I, I had a joke about you and strokes. On to the, on to the question. Anyway. Um, so he's got the, the top end of the fuel pump out to replace the hydraulic connector, which is right by the air filter. And a guy from the parts department of the shop recommended that I change the fuel pump filters inside the tank. My bike is running fine. Is there something I should do since I have the top end of the tank open? I just need to remove the tank and open the bottom to get the fuel pump out. I've had the bike for a couple months, and I've had no idea when the filters were replaced. Thanks. The fact that you're working on a Husaberg, we should probably have a moment of silence and prayer for this occasion. Yeah, it's good for audio silence and everything. But um, if if you have that tank off and you don't know how long it's been used, I, I mean, 
I hear people having problems with uh, fuel filters and fuel pumps all the time. And a lot of times it's like, I go, you know, they, they're telling me about it. They go, oh, I, I have to change this or I, you know, this fuel filter split or, and I go, was that on your bike? And they're like, oh no, no, it was, it was just my, my, uh, my buddy's bike. And I go, so, oh, so you were with your buddy when it broke and like, no, well, no, I mean, I, no, I read, uh, he, uh, posted about it on Facebook and I'm like, okay, so your buddy posted about it on Facebook. Was it his bike? Well, no, it was a guy he was riding with his bike. So just by, um, coronavirus infection, um, parameters, I'm going to say that it's not really that big of a problem. And if it's working fine, I don't know if I would change it. I've had my tanks off and my bikes a lot, and I don't change them unless there's a problem. I don't want to mess with something that's working. Okay. But if you like to dump dirt in your gas tank, you know, you have a quick fill, uh, something interesting like this, then by all means, uh, you know, change it. That that would be the, the case there. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't worry about it too much. But if it's off and you just feel like changing it, it's kind of like, it's just like we were talking about with your bike, Matt. You know, I mean, just do what you need to do. And then, I mean, it really, yeah, it is really hard to get a Husaberg gas tank off, but uh, you know how to get it off and then you can go in there and change it. And then at that point, then you can do a little research on maybe, you know, replacing the, the I would, and it depends. And the Husabergs never had fuel filter problems. It was just a certain batch of KTMs that, have started this infectious disease, you know, splitting fuel filters, plastic fuel filters. There's some different ones you can throw in there, but yeah. Next question. I think we had one more in there. Yeah. Is I it saw. about the Joe Schmo one? Joe Schmo? Yeah. It's about injury, injury bug. Oh yeah. 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 That one. Okay. okay. Yeah. So Joe Schmo, how can I avoid the injury bug? In the last year I've spent more time off the bike than on broken ribs, wrist, fingers, bruised, hip bone, etc. I wear all the safety gear and have been working on my balance both on and off the bike. I aerobic exercise, lift, and do core. Seems like I get healed, ride for a month or so, then injuries again. Any suggestions or things to work on? Logan? Um, Logan? Um, I'm referring to the expert. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of do that same thing too. So you had similar similar experiences? Haven't really done anything to fix it. Oh. Except for try to ride safer. Okay. So um I do you do you ever I mean and I it's funny as I don't see this in you at all. Like there's the personality, the person that has that kind of like crash or win mentality. Yeah. See there's there's people that have like they I call it it's more like skateboarders. They're, they 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 ride their motorcycle like they skateboard. Where you are going to crash, and not only crash, you're going to eat shit. That's just that's just the the tricks you do and the stuff you do on a skateboard lends itself to eating shit. And I know a lot of skateboarders that ride dirt bikes, and God bless them, they're gnarly in what they do in their real world. But when they get on the motorcycle, they scare the crap out of me because they're. they're the the just crashing is just normal and it's just that's how they learned you have to try stuff and and try through crashing i i call that practicing crashing i don't think you should do it but you never struck me as like that with that mentality i it, i think there are also people just have a run of bad luck and i I've, I've had a in my world in the last year also i've had a run of bad luck with some huge crashes 
But luckily, I kind of walked away from them. You know, I mean, for what they were, they could have been way worse. And so I don't know. I mean, you can always wind it down a little bit. And even when I had my crashes, I felt as if I were winding it down. So I wasn't doing anything stupid. It was just kind of like it was lattice of coincidence. And it just things ramped up and got me. Um, So I don't know about your crashes. Were you doing anything? I mean, one of them was dust. I know this. Oh, that one? Oh, yeah. I nothing happened there. Nothing happened to me. Oh, nothing happened. Oh, that was your dad you torpedoed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was the dust one. But you got two yourself. Yeah, I got um, one at... Where's your dad? You went riding with him this weekend, right? Yeah. You didn't he... crash into him, did you? No. Okay, good. No. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> okay, so, so, so your crashes were... So one was slide out while slowing down. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was uh, slowing down into some rocks that were bigger than I wait, read. Wait. <laughs> I thought one was just yard sale into rocks going too fast. So so you, you were actually slowing down. Um, yeah. You saw but, the rocks and you started to slow down, but you realized it was too late. Yeah, a little okay. bit. A little bit. Yeah. It a was, lot bit. It was quite late uh-huh. to realize how big they were, but like... Was that on the was that on the beta? Yes. Okay. It was that one. And the, the other one you said was a slide out. Yeah. Oh, that was on the mini bike. Yes. You're right, right, right. We discussed this. Go to show episode, whatever, whatever. Which episode was that? We guess. 84. Actually, go to go to the go, find the episode I had to do by myself, and then the episode right after that will be the one where we get to talk about Logan's uh, crash episode. So I don't I don't think there's a I think that you just need to I, everybody. It's kind of their own thing, but yeah, be you know be a little bit safer, and maybe you know the time you know you're kind of forgetting that time off. You're you're losing some just you know, not doing it every day. And so you just, sometimes you feel really good. Like you expect you can go back and hop right back on the horse and you really can't, you have to work back up to it. And, uh, I know a guy, I know this guy that teaches riding schools that will make you a better rider and that might help too. So, uh, com. shameless plug plug for the, the business that allows me to keep doing this. There's also a beginner class now. Just There's a beginner the class. class. My yeah. producer can beginner you up. But if you're if you're a beginner rider and you want to come out and take the beginner uh, course, it's hot, but you have to do it in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, we so. had we had one pe- uh, we had a uh, one one person come out and be willing to come out that early. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. it's actually a six year old. So uh, <laughs> a six is he on Twitch? Is that is too. is that our fan on Twitch? <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. Actually, I do have something that could help that oh, I did. Oh. It okay. was All right, Logan, go, s- <laughs> go slower, and I found go over bigger rocks. So more hard enduro stuff. Oh, so you quit, you quit doing the high-speed stuff and started concentrating on more slow-speed technical stuff. Yeah. Okay. I've, I, I kind of did that as I aged up, and now actually eh, both of my – both of my crashes were during during rally type activities, uh, which would go right to your to your to your point. Um, I don't think I've I haven't crashed in the motor track lately. Knock on wood, you know. 
Um, haven't crashed on, uh, yeah, hardened Enduro. Just just doing rally stuff. So, okay, slow down. That's the answer. There you go. Yeah. I yeah. like to throw in that I haven't crashed in a long time. So mm-hmm. that may or may not be because I don't ride nearly as much as I used to. I was going to say you don't ride very much. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, Logan, let's get into so, – so our next phase of questions is um, – is uh youtube questions okay and um i think uh, the first batch that i put on there or these are all from our um a video it's like 20 it's all of 28 seconds long it's got 3.4 million views and uh it's it's of the christini all-wheel drive prototype adventure bike so go ahead let's uh run um adrenaline addiction all-wheel drive question mark question mark Okay, so that's his comment, and this is this is where. <laughs> so we're on YouTube, so we just I'm just going to take fifty percent of your, um, uh, like the video is called All Wheel Drive Adventure Bike, and so he says AWD All Wheel Drive question mark question mark adrenaline addiction, like he probably gets adrenaline from not reading the the thing. Yes, it's an all wheel drive adventure bike. Um, that guy, Kappa. Kappa. Okay, hold on. Mind blown. Why wasn't this implemented before? Um, it has been implemented before. It's been implemented for a while, uh, but not in the adventure bike realm. And I'd be the first guy to highly recommend a manufacturer pick up this technology and run with it because it's game-changing and, uh, yeah, I, I... I wish that there was a production one. I wish that the one that I have, that bike still, I wish it was, I wish there was the motivation and money to get it working again. Cause basically my job was to break it and I've done really good at that. And so we're at the point now where we need to, uh, we need to upgrade the, the pieces that we were breaking. Um, so it can work again because then you could do really it would just make adventure bike riding for a lot of people so much better. That's that's it. Next. Um Shreyas Kunda. How question mark. How? Yes. How? Um that's actually Sh- Sh- Shreyas Kunda. Um that's actually a good question. How? It's probably the it's probably one of the best questions we've received out of all the questions. So how is and you just uh, research some of the Christini technology. They're taking power from the countershaft, transferring it through a, a gearbox and a clutch up along the frame rails, or they're transferring up into the headset. And where the Christini patents work is they have counter rotating sprockets inside of the lower triple clamp that spin drive shafts that go down along the forks and transfer power into the hub. And they do it on both sides to eliminate counter steer, torque steer, because you get that if it was only on one side, it would want to pull uh, one way or the other because of the chains, not because torquing the wheel, but because the way that the chains work because of the whole gearbox assembly that's inside of the headset. And um, so that's how. Uh, there's been hydraulic systems before. They are attempting to do this with electronic systems with very little success. I don't know why. I, but I'm, then I'm then again, just like you don't know if your battery is charging because of your stator or your voltage regulator. I think electric is a little bit more confusing 
than uh, we are led to believe. But I would think with all of the all-wheel drive and traction control and stuff that is out there, I would suspect that it's not that far behind. But then there's advantages and disadvantages. And this one, this the mechanical system is just very, very simple, even as complex as it is. So good question. So while we're on the topic, uh, John Jackson on YouTube did actually ask if someone raced day car on an all-wheel drive Yamaha YZF450. Yes. Um, I don't remember when. I don't. I know that during some stages they actually didn't run the all-wheel drive system. They just, it was, you know, it was on the bike and they would, because it was a durability thing at the time. But yes, somebody has raced that car on, on a Yamaha that was, the Olin's Yamaha was the hydraulic system. Um, and I've, I've ridden that as well. And it's, uh, um, there's lag. There's, there's a, there's hydraulic lag and weight and, um, it was good. It was close, but not as good as the mechanical system in my Would that opinion. lag actually lead to like a dangerous situation? Cause I can see like if you're in a turn or something that that could maybe like if you're coming out of a turn and your your wheel's still wanting to go one way and it has power to go into it? As as much as much as the electrical systems um aren't tied one to one. I don't want to call it one to one with your rear wheel, but in a consistent um in a consistent way with the back. Like if you start riding it and expect something to happen and it doesn't, just like anything. You know, if you expect your suspension to absorb a bump a certain way and it doesn't, it mm-hmm. throws you for a little bit of a loop but yeah in that in that way um there was there was a, there was a little a little bit of that although it was relatively consistent there was some inconsistencies with it that you just had to you would have to learn got it um douglas torn uh sand is hard on bikes sand is hard on bikes so <laughs> um is it does he mean like like it's hard to ride your motorcycle in the sand or does he mean like sand is hard on the bike because it might get in the air filter or get in the chain and sprocket or uh, the way he spelled hard on, um, maybe he's excited about sand. I don't know. So Douglas, um, that's an excellent statement that has a good fit on YouTube's statements on our videos. Thank you. Deb Ashes M- Mohanty. Oh, let me try that name. Come on. Yep. Deb Deb Ashish Deb Ashish Mahan Maha Mahan. That's a hard one. I still think that's real real RWD. Um. <laughs> Isn't there roost coming from the front wheel on that video? Yeah. So, um, is there, is, what am I hearing? Am I hearing a quad? You hear that? Am I hearing a quad? We, we, we have a, we have a, a, a quad team from Dakar here training. So, um, that's why I said it could, it could just blow up at any moment. We could have quads doing donuts. Windows could be broken with rocks. You just never know. Like it needs to be back and forth. They could be, if the, I, I'm just hoping the Willie boys don't go up and down the street cause it, it'll, it'll prompt a riot. Oh, the, the the wheelie boys actually versus down my street. Yeah, oh, they're on your street now. They're on my street now. Well, yeah. you guys have a pot farm over there, so I'd show yeah. off in front of there too. Yeah, maybe they're trying to get a. Uh, it's it's it. Yeah, of course, it's rear wheel drive when I turn it off, 
and then it's all-wheel drive when I turn it on. Very simple. It's like a normal motorcycle when I turn off. And that that, that video, it's like 28 seconds of, of pure YouTube magic is just to demonstrate what that thing does. So um, on two of the things, I think two times I turn it on and off, yes, it's rear-wheel drive. So I think you're right 50% of the time, like most of my friends. <laughs> Um, yes, it's not all wheel drive. It's both wheel drive. Um, this, no, it's not both wheel drive. It's, uh, only when I turn the switch on. So it's not all wheel drive. Well, it only has two wheels. So if both wheels are driving, then it's all wheel drive. So what is both wheel drive? Is that a new term? He, maybe he's trying to make a new. He wants to. He wants to call a BWD, both wheel drive. Uh, I guess. Is that the guy that just trying to you know stick uh, stick the uh, stick in the spokes? You know, just trying. He's the smart ass. Is that is that guy just being a smart ass? Yes, I think so. That's why he doesn't use his real name. Okay. Uh, Canon 08. Is this another Christini ad- advertisement? No, no. Say it like it's spelled. <laughs> That's <laughs> Canyon. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know not his name. That Canon. name there. That name. Cru- oh, Crustini. Crustini. Yeah, it's a Crustini advertisement. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Crustini. What are, what are you? You're a, when you're a hired henchman, you're a you're a, a, a what do they what do they call it? Shill for the company. I I do. Development work and stuff for Christini, and it's it, it it's not an advertisement. <laughs> it's a it was um it was just put out there because I thought it was very interesting, and luckily George had a camera when we were out doing it. We have more video clips of this. I we need to do another video to explain like more about this, but it's not an advertisement because um, I wouldn't have told you how the thing is broken if I was uh, an advertiser. Or if Christine was an advertiser, I probably would have just left that a uh, left that out. I probably would have told you anyways. I don't I don't care. It's like not it's not like I try not to talk about bad stuff, but it's really it's a it's a good thing because this is how products get to the level that they get to. Like when things need to be improved upon, you develop them. And and the the fact that 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 Steve has has faith in me to send me stuff because he knows that I can reliably put it to a certain level, you know, to test it. And I know, you know, different ways to, to, to put things through strain. Feeling left out with that flight. Cause that fly didn't land on you. No, I'm trying to find it. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyways, that's, that's, that's what we do. We, we, we test things and, and uh, yeah, so that was just a, that's where we're at. So no, not a Christini advertisement, a crustini advertisement. Old G. So this is this is we're on to the Honda 250 okay. uh, video. So so last week we couldn't talk about the uh, 2022 Honda CRF 250R because we were still under embargo, and you guys like slid some questions in underneath us, and we tried our best to answer them. So if you have those questions now, which I'm sure I haven't watched, have you watched all the other videos from the other media outlets or anything yet? No, no, I've I, I've been too busy. Yeah, me too. I didn't watch see what everybody else said. I. I, sometimes I go back and do it just to see what they said or what they missed out because it's interesting to actually be there and see what they're doing and then finally see what they they say. But if you have any questions about that bike, I can surely answer them tonight because I promise you, without fail, I have more time on that bike than 
anybody else that was at that intro. Like I can absolutely 100% guarantee you that. And I, and the reason I spent so much time on it is so I could answer questions. So fire away. Uh, what did old G say? Enjoyed the ride, my friend. Thumbs up. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. Appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. I, I rode my ass off for you, buddy. <laughs> I know it was such a hard task for you to do. I'm still sore. I, oh, really? I, I have some muscle issues going on in my, in my uh, what do they call this thing here? It's a muscle that, that um, IT band. Because, yes, I'm fat, fatter than I should be. And, and every time I come up short on triple jump, mm-hmm. like, imagine carrying a, a small bag of cement around with you and doing things like jumping. Stupid, but I did it anyways for you. You have been motoing a lot lately, huh? Uh, well, two times in the last year, so it's good. I mean, yeah. l- then last calendar year, so yeah, a lot. No, <laughs> not much. Uh, Chipper four four two. Okay, so I I want Chipper to come on this show because Chipper is uh he's a fuck you uh holding down the he's he's got he's got the chapter i think up in the uh i think he's, i think he's holding it down in the in the massachusetts area so uh go ahead having owned and raced rm370s xr600s and even a 03 crf450r in the new england woods and motor tracks over the years at 55 i enjoyed my 19 crf250r it has plenty of power for j days and N-E-T-R-A Nitra Nitra events and works fine on the moto tracks from Wareham to Crow Hill to MX-23. Those are all local Massachusetts Nitra circuits and stuff like this. So um, he, so if you had a 19, they didn't, there was, was there an RX in 19? I think there was, right, Logan? Um, 20, yeah, there would have been a 19RX. I'm surprised you didn't um, start with the RX, but not with the Honda, they're pretty similar. I think the the things, but uh, I think that, and, and the fact that you said RM370, it just scares the hell out of me because I had one of those. It was, uh, I don't even know where I got it, but I actually got it and I got a hold of work suspension for the thing. And that was a light switch of a power band. XR600 had more power band than you ever needed. Like it just, I actually didn't even have a power band. It just had torque. And uh, a CR450R that year, that those are, the O3s are pretty good. And the fact that you're riding all those bikes in the woods is scary, uh, but you, I know you kind of people, and you don't have – you're a little off is what they say. Um, Jerry told me about you guys, a little off. Uh, so uh, that's why I moved out to California because he wanted to get away, I think, maybe find better people, more off people. Uh, so what does he say? Map 2 save my ass? At the 2021 Northeast 24-hour challenge – only made seven hours before flooding stopped the event, but the bike was flawless. Hashtag no wing, no prayer. C four four two, fuck ra- that that. Fuck you, fuck you. They're racing it's, it's, for it's life. It's a it's a it's a 
good club with a bad name. So it's like GCBN. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Chipper. Um, I think I think you're the the new you you need to get an RX. That's what I'm going to say. If you're riding in the woods, get the RX. I think it'll work um, substantially better. And then Map Two would be even better. Um, actually, on the R, I could see where the Map Two would work for you. I'm funny with the with the maps. I like the most aggressive map, even in the most technical situations. And I've learned this on a lot of other stuff. But I think I'm very careful with my uh, my right wrist. So good. I've never heard of flooding stopping event where I've oh I I saw some videos from it. It was like it was a 24 hour event, and they they like the rivers started. You, you know how the streets in Pahrump looked like two weeks ago? Yeah. It was like that, but like through the through the woods, and, and it's not big and flat like we have out here. Yeah, it was narrow canyon. So when you have a narrow kind of canyon, imagine it's, like you're riding across a dip the size of this table, and all of a sudden it looks flat because there's water running across it. You you know how much force that water has? A lot. Right, Matt could calculate it out, but we don't want to talk about I heard smart. My name, what? We don't want to talk about smart people right now. <laughs> He's got a side chat going with some of the ladies in the in the room right now. I'm sure. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes, because there's many of those. Right. I saw, I saw. you know, our audience profile, the female level's going way up since Matt's been on the on the thing. I don't know what you're doing over there, but that's good. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. Just, it's, it's just that extra element I bring to the show. I just see George commenting, who shot the 28-second video that has over 3 million views? I don't remember. It's like I just hand my phone to somebody and they shoot it. Do you remember? I think it might have been Jim. Well, you said it in the show already. Well, you know, the one that – I handed it to those two guys. They're both out there. So I think Jim shot the one that had the 3.4 million views. George shot the other ones. I I know Jim's really good with technology. Yeah, he's good with technology. Yeah. Yeah, he sent me a joke about the mafia the other day. I thought it was funny. Oh. You want to say it on the show or (laughs) – I don't remember it that well, but it was funny. Okay. Um, John Jackson, how is that MTB suspension – Company mountain bike suspension. Uh, companies seem to be using technology to move forward faster than dirt bike suspension companies. A consumer can buy a fairly inexpensive telemetry kit, telemetry kit with an app slash software to help dial in his mountain bike suspension. When Will dirt bike suspension and or suspension aftermarket companies follow this trend and join the 21st century? So, John, great, great question. He's poked us a couple times with some of these technology questions, I remember. Um, So electronic suspension, I think, is banned in racing, um, in a lot of racing organizations. So that's that's the biggest thing right now is you can't you can't race with it. So a lot of times. as far as an, an evolution, something they can sell, it's just like okay, we well, since we can't race with it, we can't sell it, and it, it's a it's a loophole that leaves them out. The the I know because I've seen it before that when they test, they have this telemetry. This stuff exists. Um, that you know, so they can see exactly what the shock does, and they can correlate what the shock does to what the test rider says, and then they can learn a lot about like what the actual action of a fork or a shock does in relation to what it feels like and how they can improve it. And I've seen this technology make stuff get better very quick. And I've also seen it just go haywire and, and produce information that 
caused confusion and and in the net net um, things were difficult. So th- I think with mountain bikes and stuff, you're you're so limited in power, the amount of power you're getting out of the out of the out of the the bike. You're removing a lot of dan- the, the the you're removing a lot of the uh, difficulties in getting it tuned because you're not going to see these big changes in power, which can affect quite a bit um, of the chassis dynamics and stuff like this. But it's it's in, but the mountain bike industry is you can you can have fifty different suspension things and nobody's going to walk up there and go that's the only one that's the best one. It's not. It's kind of not this way. Um, they're they seem to be more open to change, more open to trying different things. It is. They aren't settled on it. It has to be this one kind of style of linkage. And I remember back in the early '80s when you had you know Yamaha had their Monoshock and Suzuki had their full floater and and Kawasaki had their Unitrack and Honda had the ProLink. And sure enough, it didn't take long for the one that was perceived as the best to everything sort of morph into that. And I don't know if that was necessarily the one that was really the best. I remember the full floater kind of being the better of all of them, having the best rear suspension. Um, and I was just getting into it at the time. And, you know, Yamaha went away from a, you know, a, a shock that was up where your gas tank was to, you know, figuring out a way to make a linkage work that was kind of riding essentially above the swing arm, kind of a, a different, a different deal. So, and it, it just – and look at KTM with PDS, for instance. You know, the PDS system works very, very well, but everybody hates it. <laughs> so And it's like, okay, we'll go to linkage. And all of a sudden, you know, they go to linkage, and luckily they timed that right with starting winning Supercross champions and stuff. So, okay, linkage is, is better. And I don't think a lot of those guys would have even thought about moving over to a bike that had PDS because it was – had never performed well before. I'd re- be really real interested to see someone kind of come back and I wish I wish there was a top rider with an open mind that would try something new. And you kind of see this now with like Airshock, for instance. You hear of a lot of top riders running Airshocks, not running Airshocks, running Airshocks, not running. If they're willing to try it and those guys are doing it, there's something about it that, that's a lot better for them to even risk trying it. But the fact that they go back to what they know and what they've used um, I think it's a little bit of the, you know it's the head case. It's like if if I'm not winning on this thing instantly, then I just got to go got to go back. And a lot of us look to racing and say, okay, that's what's next. That's what the future is. And since they can't race with electronic stuff to bring this thing back full circle, there's no reason to really kind of dive into it and start testing it and offering it. Um, on the on road side with with like the adventure bikes and some of the touring bikes and and stuff they have you know electronic suspension and it it's now i know that it's to the level where it's instantly changing the shock very quickly like it senses what how fast the shaft is moving and it senses how much you know how much uh what the it, it knows the speed it knows all the stuff it knows where the, the bike is it knows how much it's leaned over it's all the same sensors they're using for all this abs and traction control now they're putting into the suspension and they're able to to to, to kind of design and develop so it's going on i just think it's going to be a hard sell to move it over into our dirt bike world at in in at a time when they're trying to keep the costs down and keep it as simple as they can and and i don't know that stuff is working all that bad to where you need that level of an advantage 
just yet, especially if you can't race with it. So, so John is actually in the chat, and he added to it. He's he was more talking about the data acquisition systems for consumers. Okay, so you you know if if it's on a mountain bike, you know, and if, and I don't know exactly how they're measuring the shock travel. I haven't seen any of these systems, um, but you could you could adapt it over to a motorcycle, and I would suspect gain the same stuff if it's a kind of a aftermarket system. Um, but like Fox has. My buddy was riding a giant mountain bike the other day with electronic suspension. Mm-hmm. You know, he I was riding my electric bike and, by the way, just smoking him. You know, uh, yeah, he was. Yeah. He, but like I said, I said, Dave, your 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 bike's an electric bike too because it has a battery on it. Mm-hmm. And like I, like, I don't care what your battery's doing. Like you shouldn't care what my battery's doing. Right. Us, me and my elite athlete legs, like we deserve to like ride at that level and perform that that high level without all the training that goes into it. It's okay. So if, if I'm allowed to ask a question while we're actually talking about suspension systems and why they try what No, you should send it to me on you should post it on Facebook for better content. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, Matt. No, so um my 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 question is um I remember uh, a few years ago, uh, there was a big push from the manufacturers to go to like the air forks and everything, but then they all switched back. Was that just because consumers didn't want to deal with the change, or was there a cost reason for why they they went from traditional to air fork then back? So there were there were a lot of advantages to air forks, and there were a lot of disadvantages to air forks. And probably the thing that probably the the, the I I believe that they came out they came out a little bit early to where there were some failures, not a lot of failures, but just enough failures to to make the failure seem like oh my god these things are going to fail and some of them did of course mm-hmm. but they got they got a lot better very quickly they were also super complicated like some of them had up to three different air chambers that you could and you could completely they were the adjustable adjustability level beyond what factory forks are adjustable at mm-hmm. they were really good i loved them i liked almost every air fork that i ever rode cuz i could tune it and make it work for me, better than any spring fork I'd ever ridden. And so I was in the weird thing. But I don't mind checking pressures and adjusting things to make stuff work, um, you know, work bad. Right. Work better. Uh, I don't mind I don't mind playing with it. I don't mind learning what this chamber does, that chamber does, feeling the differences to so so I can it so I can at least explain it to somebody. Now, does the average guy the average guy doesn't like to even check his tire pressure on his tires, let alone check the tire pressure or air pressure on his forks, check the sag on the bike. I mean, so many people are complaining about their bikes, and I'm like, oh, what's your ride height set at? And they're like, huh? I'm like, well, where's your sag? Huh? Uh, uh, well, it's where it came. And I'm looking at, you know, either, you know, somebody Logan size or somebody that's 220 pounds on a, on a, on a 250F and going, well, if you haven't changed it, it's not right. I know this right away. So your bike, I don't care what you're complaining about. You need to at least adjust this to get into the zone. So the, so the air forks were really good. And, and like I say, complex, they were lighter. They were less weight, which was good. Um, if you needed to go up a spring rate, it was a matter of putting some air pressure in. You didn't have to change the springs. So there's a lot of advantages to them. But the media really just said these things suck because most of the media is like um, – uh, well, traditionalists, yeah. No, they're like more like they're at the intro with the bike is, and they're like, uh, "Where's when's lunch? When's lunch gonna be? Lunch? I got to do a video. Can can you? I got to eat lunch, but I have a video to do, and 
need, I already got my rad photos done. And uh, how does the bike work? Oh, can you tell me about that? Lunch? Lunch, anybody? Right, right. So when you have to do that and test a fork that has like three different, you know, actually at that time, like six different things to adjust, uh, lunch is way more important. So the fork sucked. So that's what, that's what happened to Air Forks. KTM still runs Air Forks. And I think they do have some of the best Air Forks. I think, I don't remember, I don't, it has been a while now. I don't remember which one I liked best, the show or the Kiaba. One of them I got to, I was able to get it to work so bitching because it had, it had, uh, a, it had an, another chamber, it had like say, secondary chambers and you could really tune it. But hey, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're good now. Your yeah. bikes, your bikes have Air Forks, yeah? Yes, You're they right. both do. They suck, right? Um, I occasionally like spring forks, but I would prefer the air fork every single time. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, because you can just let air out and get it to your for your weight. Yes. Better. That that that's I remember when I rode that gas gas with with you that one time, and we would we just made a change out on the trail to the air pressure in the forks. Right, the three fifty. Yeah, and right there, I was sold on air forks because just being able to make changes that easily out on the trail. And just make the forks feel much more plush. And we did that with that KTM 125 XC that I had, uh, that was testing. Right. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that, that, that's kind of like why I wanted to. Yeah, it's, it. it's, you know, and, and it, it's, like I said, it's personal preference, but the, the, the media, just like media everywhere has a lot of influence over what happens. And I'm pretty sure that they, uh, you know that that once you once you say once they say something sucks, then just like the fuel pumps or whatever on the KTM's need to be replaced every seventeen minutes or twenty, uh-huh. I don't remember. Uh, you, every tank of gas you have to replace the fuel pump, and when all of a sudden you start like, oh, somebody said this and somebody said that and this this, then it just goes down rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, Fast and loud said, "Great video, thumbs up." Fast and loud. Yeah. <laughs> is is that is that a should I should I enjoy that? Should I be happy that Fast and Loud likes my video, or should I just be scared? Isn't is it Fast and Loud like a show, or it was a show, or something? I don't know. I, don't know I didn't. I didn't go rabbit hole on his post. So okay, what was the what was the next one? Uh, Zeppa. Uh, zero eight four zero four zero. Sounds like diarrhea. Right. So, so I'm not sure exactly what diarrhea sounds like. Okay. So if I'm just taking, but like fast and loud said it was a good video and Zeppa says it sounds like diarrhea. I looked at Zeppa's thing and he likes, um, he, he has, he doesn't, he hasn't put any videos up, uh, but he likes uh, gardening and, uh, and, uh, uh, crappy rap videos. That's those are, those are the things he watched. So, if if you're comparing our video, uh, saying it sounds like diarrhea, to gardening, I'm thinking he's like listening to like the the weed whacker sounds and the and the, the leaf blowers and stuff. Yeah, and then like rap videos and like it's, it's whatever whatever floats your boat. So good. Uh, Stephen Davis, good re- good review. Been a while since I was excited about a new Honda. Um, yeah, I think you should be excited. It's a good Honda. Uh, Caden Thompson, my home track. Can't wait to ride Saturday. 
So uh, Caden uh, posted that, and then there was a couple other people. It's kind of funny how these things go into, like, these little sub-chats. Um, you, you, uh, you know, all of a sudden, I think, I think uh, what's, the, what's the other guy's name? OG? Is he, is he in that, that list there? Is he? Oh, he didn't, he didn't make it into that post there. Somehow it got kicked off there. But they, they chit-chatted about the track, and the interesting thing about that track was we were literally riding on, like, wood chips. There was, like, there was dirt in there someplace, but it was, like, it was mostly, like, in, like, not little wood chips. They were, like, big, big yeah. wood chips. Um, they, were, they were, like, you know, picking them out of, like, they they fly up and get in the shock. They go in the shock, kind of in inside of the spring. I never had one go down my pants, but I don't think I'd want that to happen. Um, you know, it, I don't know what it... I got roosted a little bit, but not a lot by wood chips. Uh, they they don't they don't have the same density as dirt, so it didn't didn't hurt. But uh, it was, a, I think the dirt there that track was like a park. It looked it looked bitch, and it was it was and it was a really fun layout. Like all the jumps were doable. Even this one triple jump, when I finally got my line, I had to get about ten extra feet of of run at it to 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 clear it on that thing. So I was testing the power, but um, yeah, it was a. It was a fun, uh, fun track. So they they went back and forth about like the track, and they talked about um, how uh, I'm trying to see if it's in there someplace. No, I don't think it is. The dirt underneath was super hard pack, and when it when it would kind of when the dirt would come up, it would get polished, and it was like our dirt out here, like the yeah. like right after it rains, like you know the hard pack stuff when it it gets yeah. that little it, the water doesn't soak in, and it gets that little thin stuff on top. So. Um, yeah, fun track, and then I then the guys worked really hard to prep it. It was awesome to see them out there. Um, really, and they they had a lot of respect for their track. They wanted to show it off to the media. It was cool. Um, Brett V, another great review, Jimmy. Looking forward to the next one. The diarrhea sounds. Uh, yeah. The diarrhea sounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, Iron Thumb. Is it better than last year's bike? Uh, Iron Thumb got a re- reply from uh, who? Who replied? Anakin Skywalker. Right, that came straight from outer space. Like he, he didn't. He, so this is like if if Anakin Skywalker feels the need to comment on your YouTube comment, it's got to be pretty good, right? I mean, that guy's in outer space and he took the time out of his life. What was his answer? Uh, yes. Uh, that's the answer. It's it's better than last year's bike. Yeah, we need this. We need the Star Wars music. Should have queued up the Star Wars music. When I don't we... want to get copyright struck. struck. Yeah, don't <laughs> get struck down the copyrights. <laughs> okay. Well, what about diarrhea sounds? Can you get nailed for those? Uh, probably not. But yeah. we might have some other issues. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Ian Porty. Porteous. Uh, cool episode. I'd send in a picture of my awesome motorcycle, but I think it'd be would break your board. Oh, it sounds like Ian has called us out for what's our next segment, Logan? Rooster Endo. That's right, Rooster Endo. So Ian is actually my brother in law. You go get the board and do do your thing there. Um, my brother in law, and I know he has a nice chariot. Um I want to, I can't remember. I don't know if it's a DR125 or a DR200. It's something like that. And uh, he thought it would break the board, but Ian's hobby is woodworking, Logan. And uh, I I did respond back to him and I said, if you saw 
the board that Logan made, it might break your heart. So, um, yeah, here we here we go. We're working. On, so this is where the show gets real interesting. Um, let's put it up here. Hopefully, I'll hold it up as much as I can or set it up against this. Uh, if you're new to the show, this is our rooster endo board. Uh, this is where you send us a uh, photo of your bike. You tell us about it, and then uh, we try to do a consensus and figure out you know where it goes on the scale. Of course, the scale is monitored by a really awesome. Um, it's it's bookended by a really awesome Honda ATC 185. That um, friend of the show, uh, sometimes co-host, but now he's scared to come back. Uh, George, spelled Jorge. Um, his ATC 185, which is a real disgrace. Uh, and then up on the other end, literally off the scale, is the glorious Jimmy Lewis Husaberg 570. Yep. And uh, just so you know where you're sitting there, if you think you can fit something in between here, we'll tell you what we think. And um, go from there. So what do we got, Logan? We have a from Jared Stone. Does Matt have these things queued up on the... Yeah, the thing to pop wait, them up on the screen. I think they somehow got jumbled up. Jared Stone's the first one. Yes. Okay. There we go. Here it is. On, it's on the screen for the viewers. Right. So what we're looking at right now is a 2015. Oh, you got to steal the the pins back. A 2015 KTM 500 XCW. It has a BRC 500 two-stroke with high compression head. Oh, wait a minute. This is a two-stroke. Yeah. I don't get to look at these. Let me look at the photo real quick. Look look at the pipe on this thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. BRC 500 two-stroke with high compression head, creft, full suspension, power CDI ignition, full tubeless with GT333 tire. It has a snow track kit on it. Yes. Yeah, snow bike. Yeah, but it says tubeless with tires. So I we I would say it's tubeless, yes. It's Yeah, it's tubeless. Timber sled RO137. So that's what um, that's what it is. Uh, you can hold that up there out in the front. You just like so even if even though it's out there, you can just put it up and uh, they they can see it on the screen. Uh, Higgy, Higgy. That's right. Higgy pipe with FMF core silencer. That Higgy pipe is a hand welded coned pipe. Those are sexy. That that looks good. Yeah. Um, Seat concept seat. I like those. I run those on my thing. Scott's bars with the Scott's damper. That sounds familiar around here, huh? V-Force reeds with technology elevated SC2 carburetor with TPS. Now, I don't know a whole lot about that. Let me see if I can see much in that motor. Um, I think the BRC motor is the, is the, um, the, the sidecar racing motor. It's kind of it's 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 it was the old Mako somehow the Mako thing, um, but the fact that it's got its own carburetor with a throttle position sensor, this thing could probably be pretty badass. See, so my problem with this one is that it's a snow bike, and uh, this is not a snow show. It's not a snow show. But Climb makes snow gear, and they're they, a sponsor. They do, but also I had a bad experience on snow bikes. I. Like my first, I only ridden them once, and it was like I'd never ridden before when I was trying to figure out how to ride the thing. I, I looked like an idiot out there on it. So what's the the and the difference between that and dirt is? 
Uh, it's uh, it's snow and snow, and dirt, right? I, I can actually. No, I was talking about your riding. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. In dirt, I actually know. I actually <laughs> look a little more natural in the dirt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, They're fun to jump, though. I will say. Snow. You were jumping a snow bike. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Uh That's actually gnarly because you you never know when they're going to take off. Yeah, it's it's part of the fun. <laughs> no, yeah. so you can actually tell once you get used to it and you get your eyes adjusted to the snow and everything. Yeah, um, well, I actually have I actually have uh, videos of, of me on that. It was uh, it was for a demo day. What and what what shop. bike what bike were you on? So I was on a couple different ones. I was on a they used a motocross bike. So I was on a 450 SX and right. then a KX 450. Well, I'll tell you the one thing about a snow bike is you can never have too much power. Like like hundred percent. Like they all they they just need a lot of stinking power. So that's good. It's a five hundred two stroke. They have a lot of power. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to weigh it a little, like, you know, on, on, definitely into the roost thing. I'm going to go over here. I don't care what Matt says right now. Where do you think it should go, Logan? <laughs> I was thinking like. Right about there. You're thinking. What, so I don't know what the bikes are right there, but. Yeah. You're just going to put it over. Just put it right over the top of something else. It doesn't matter. That I, if you would have just sent a picture of only the pipe, it would be even, even farther up. It would be on the, the, uh, like the cardboard bit. No, it wouldn't. The, it, it not, would be there. It's not going to wait. That it's, pipe is... It's pretty like, neat. Yeah. That's, I don't know what the sexual orientation is called for two-stroke pipes, but I'm that. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Our next bike up, Ian Underhill, is showing us a picture of a 2012 Honda XR650L, which, from my recollection, is the same as the um, probably the 2000 and... No, 1990, no, 1998, 1980. When did they make XR650L? Probably like 91-ish, 90. I don't know. Where's Ray Conway when you need him? Um, it's it's a new old bike. A Sutton Cycle Works oil cooler, a Scott Stabilizer, Rocks Risers, upgraded shock and fork springs, fork brace, Lex slip-on exhaust, LED lighting, assorted, Hemisphere off-road protection items. Let me take a look at this bike here. Oh, he forgot to mention the giant tank. He's got a giant Acherby's uh, six-gallon tank on it. That's actually not a bad chariot. Like, so if if you are in this in this caught up in this, you know, the KTM 500 is the best bike in the world or the best bike for everybody in the world um, thing. Kind of, do you know anybody that does says that? A couple. Yeah. And you want something that's like, like, uh, and I say the best adventure bike for everybody is a KLR650, but you want something that's a little bit in between those two things for some strange reason. You want a little bit more of what each of those bikes can offer, but you don't want all of the stuff that those things offer, like a light, a really super low price or a super, super high performance um, capable bike. This is this is the bike. That's it's actually a good um, good bike. I I don't you probably don't need an oil cooler on that thing because they they run forever anyways. Uh, but all the other stuff, I don't know about the the risers. They scare me. Actually, oh you know what? That bike totally needs them. That, that's that, that I I forget I forgot which bike it was. They the stock handlebars and stuff on those bikes. They're just putting the handlebars in your lap. So I think that's a pretty good a pretty good chariot. What do you think, Logan? Um, 
I'm looking at where that you can as far up as you can get on the seat. And you're saying they put it in your lap. Um, the handlebars. I'm yeah. thinking. But that that is a look at how much seat there is in there. Look at that seat compared to like a modern bike. Yeah, that's a lot of cushion. And obviously that'll squish down, so you're even farther away. Uh, it depends on the seat foam. Uh, he didn't he didn't really go into a seat foam or anything, but that's it. That's what do you think, Matt? I think it's uh, I think it's like about average to uh, I'd say average to rooster. Average to rooster, so yeah. it's right in the middle of the line. Yeah, yeah, that's what that bike is. That bike is that. That's a middle of the line motorcycle. Mm-hmm. It's it it's a mid. You know, that's a, just right in the middle. That's that bikes. It's kind of he's trying to build the bike that does everything, mm-hmm. and for him it probably does. So, um, Ian Underhill, that's a that's a nice chariot. We're gonna give it a. It's not gonna get picked on. I'm nice right tonight. I don't have to go get on a stinking airplane. Yeah, I know. I'm still upset that that CR that they're not talking about it. Yeah, that's last CR's week's that's old news. You have to watch last week's show. That's show 104. It should be above those six days, in my opinion. But uh, Jordan Siegel. Okay, let me tell you what we're looking at here. So Jordan Siegel has a 2021 FE 501 S. That would be a Husky. Um, it's used for high speed sand and technical single track. Uh, let me look at the picture there. I haven't seen this thing before. High-speed sand and single track. It looks like it's chained up to a couple posts, like it was a it was a wild animal, and they had they had to tame it. Um, he's given us all of his technical details with the the fork springs and the shock spring. Five seven two. two let's see. So he's an average size guy contemplating a WP Pro cartridge kit. Rear license plate holder delete with sick ass LEDs and plate holder. Read delete filter cage screen six times piggyback fuel tuner six X. That's a uh, sounds like the um, the JD jetting one. Um, FMFQ slip on star cross five front tire, a Bridgestone X30 rear with rim locks and wheel weights. So that's an interesting combination. Is it Starcross? Let me see if I can see if what the tire is. It is a five or like the soft? Yeah. So in the sand, you want that 13-tooth front sprocket, super sprocks, 49-tooth rear sprocket, and Regina X-Rain chain to be installed. Oh, he's calling out products he hasn't even put on the bike. Well, you know what that does, Logan? I, it, I think that moves that moves ever so slightly over this way. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like it, it just you just told me. Oh, my bike's not that good. And it goes like that because you have to do more stuff to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's like writing a check for money that you don't have. Oh, okay. Well, but he has, at least he has, well, he has it, but maybe he doesn't have it. Maybe he's going to get it. I don't know. CNC blue power parts clutch lever. That's important. The blue clutch lever. Ram ball mount and adapter for left rear view mirror. Okay, so he took the janky stock ones off of it giant loop bar bag what do you think he carries in there um hopefully a medical id stuff <laughs> like that <laughs> you know you crash when that's your first go-to <laughs> uh, uh tusk small saddlebags and fender tube bag uh let's see he's this guy's got the techs, the tech specs on his. I just wonder why it's chained up to the. Oh, those are sticks. It does look like it's chained up to those. 
Yeah, I think it's just bit. leaning up on it. It's leaning up against those. Yeah. Right. It's a pretty nice, nice bike. I mean, I think I'd, I'd, I'd like to have one of those that was orange because I, I don't like this, the linkage. I like the the PDS. But um, wait, I think I have one of this. A 20, oh, he's a 21. I, the 21 Huskies do look good. Yeah, it's got a really clean look. And um, where, where are you going to put it, Logan? I'm putting you in charge of this one since you just totally told the guy he's a crasher. <laughs> well, I hear high-speed sand and no other dirt bike tracks on the road nearby. Right. So I'm assuming he's riding by himself. So. Uh, a technical single track. Technical high-speed sand. And technical single. He's doing everything with it. Yeah. It looks like, is he in Florida? That's that's Florida or Michigan. No, I'm guessing. That, I'm, no, that that's way too green. I'm gonna say that's either Mich- Michigan or yeah, so. Florida or Michigan, like sand dunes. They have some sand dunes in Oklahoma too, but yeah, where you're you you're in charge, Logan. I'm out on this one. Oh boy, you and Matt can decide. Yeah, I'd, I'd put it maybe above the XR, but not by much. So well, I've heard the fact that he put. He, well, who's he who's gonna run? Yet. But who's gonna run out of gas first? Him. This guy? Then it has to go behind the bike if it's going to run out of gas. Because <laughs> it's just the way it is. So it's a little bit over the side. Yeah. Make sure it's above the six days, though. Extra bonus backdrop for the Canadian. Wait, Jordan is. Hey, Jordan's on the chat. Yeah, yeah. Canadian Rocky Mountains. Hold on. Hold on. He's watching. It's going to move up. It's going to move up the thing. Um,. The XR600 started in 1982. Yeah, I know that. Um, let's see. Let's see. It's leaned up is what he said. Jordan tells me it's it's leaned up. What is lean? Oh, it's leaned up against the... the yeah, it's not sheened, chained well, down. I well, think that the way the, uh, the, the, so the branches kind of look... Of course, like you know, you, you, you might be listening to this and you're wondering what we're talking about. So he's he's leaned it up against a couple sawed-off trees out into out in like a sand dune area. And... The, the trees look like they've just been recently cut and there's like there's like frayed off pieces of them and they look like strings and it literally looks like there's strings wrapping around the back tire and then wrapping around the front tire it looks like somebody it looks like almost like somebody played a joke on him and tied his bike to these posts and so it looks like a caged animal it, it really it really is kind of a caged animal that is that since he's on the chat we have to be nice to him now Logan he's got to like run it up a little bit higher so it can go in front of that Honda that junky Honda. Remember when we couldn't even say the name of that brand on the show? Yeah, yeah. We kept could, having the same could, like red bikes. No, white. Orange, the white the uh, wh- the white KTMs? Yeah. We called them white KTMs. Oh, actually then or I don't the remember other that. H's? I don't <laughs> the, the H the other H bike? Yeah. Yeah. Did you get did you get it or did you miss? Well, this is this is the way this stuff goes. And since we're going on YouTube's um you know, if 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 we if we're dumbing it down too much for you, just let us know because I watched Idiocracy and I remember that. Like, actually, you know what's funny in Idiocracy is they nobody was drunk; they were just all energy drinked up. Yeah, yeah. And I would I would think that that over time, like you know, the alcohol would really sort of take over. But I think they were probably on something else. Okay. Oh, uh, wait. here we go. Um. Looking at this. Oh, th- is this is this the? Uh... No, it's. Uh, Jim oh, Tyler. wait a minute. So this one's gonna go really high up because <laughs> my awesome car is in the background. 
<laughs> oh. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, yeah, you hold hold that up. This had two people write the. Um, it took two yeah. people to write this. Yeah, but the other party doesn't know they wrote it. The one party doesn't know the other party wrote it. So this is uh, Jimmy Tyler, a uh, friend of the show. Um, if you may know, it's Logan's dad. Uh, it's a 2020 KTM 300 TPI. Uh, Scott Stabilizer. Well, if it's if it's the 2020 bike, that's yours now. Yes. Uh, just keep reading. It was still Jimmy's bike when this was Baja out. Designs Squadron Pro Headlight with Moto Mined Mount, right? Nitro Mooses, uh, a, a George Justice graphics kit, and a better rider. That's you. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what you said. Yeah. But it's it's uh it's not Jimmy Tyler's bike. Or At it, that point it was. Oh, when this got but, sent in. But when I now wrote there's been a there's a there's been a transfer of ownership. An update, yeah. Right, update. Um, I'm uh, I'm just I'm curious because, uh, um, <laughs> so th- this is the last dirt bike your dad's ever going to buy for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know this, right? Yeah, probably. He, he announced it on the show. It was live on the show. It was probably breaking news, and you probably weren't paying attention. But uh, so how how is that bike doing? Um, so I bent the clutch lever and broke it twice in one ride this weekend. Yeah. Oh, wrap around handguards, bro. Where's that? It's not on list. No, it is not. No, and then uh, Scott stabilizer. He hasn't taken that back off and put it on his bike yet. No, he stole the the one that's about. St- seven or eight years old uh-huh. uh, that we put on my 125. Right. He put that on his new 300. Oh, yeah. They they, they last a long time. Those yeah. The dampers work great, and they're easy to service. He just bought a mount kit and put it on that. No, he used the one off the 125, so it was completely free. Oh, it fi- oh from the KTM 125? Yes. Uh, when you said 125, somehow I was thinking Yamaha, but I was thinking YZ250. Too many, you guys have too many bikes, too. It's a problem out here in Pahrump. We just end up with like lots of motorcycles. If you don't, if you're not into meth, you can buy motorcycles. It's easy. You don't spend it on the other stuff. Um, uh, Nitro Mooses, that's good. Headlights, good. That's that's a really good bike, but it's also pretty pretty. The the better rider is a good thing, but the sticker kit like is gonna it's gonna go down with the. It's going to go down to the level where the other guy that, that – it's going to go – because the sticker kit kind of matches this three-wheeler down here. <laughs> they, they, they go hand oh. in hand. The sticker kit and yeah. the three-wheeler guy are kind of they're, – they're synonymous. The guy who invented that sticker kit did ask about it in the chat. Yeah, I see that. What is that awesome sticker? Well, I pro- that, that quad probably has a lot of those stickers on it. Uh <laughs> What about that? Logan, Tyler, tell us about the video your dad posted of the cool stuff you retrieve from the desert. Um, we found on Saturday, we found a, uh, like a, a 55 gallon blue barrel in let's say the middle of the desert. Yeah. And we retrieved it did, did on it, our way back home. Did it like wash out of town? Um, Probably on a river. Yeah. 
And you, yeah. okay, so you retreat. How do, how do you carry a 55 gallon? Oh, um, only one crash happened during it. So, <laughs> did you have well, your medical card? Well, <laughs> you put, you, so, you, I would put it, I would put it on the foot peg. I would somehow yeah. figure out how to pick it up and set it on the foot peg and then counterweight and balance. That's but then, but then if you try to turn to that side, your handlebar is going to hit the damn three rights make a left, is what we figured out. Oh, yeah. So, and then so that it started falling off. So I was carrying it full, just one armed out, and then using muscles. Yeah, which okay. sucked. So I stopped. Uh huh. And then I tried to put it on my lap. How, how do you how do you how do you get started? Because you don't. I mean, if you're holding that thing, you don't have any use to the clutch. Just hit. The, oh, just start. You just start it in gear. Just hit the starter. Right, which people are scared to do, but you can do. That's good. Good yeah. technique. So, and then the crash came from putting it on the lap, and then the barrel thought it was time to go, so it started hitting the starter. <laughs> so I wasn't ready. Oh, so the bike rode without you. Yes. Okay, well, yeah, George, your your help made this bike um, rank way lower than it should, but that's what happens here, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Are we getting any more questions? Oh, in the chat? Yeah, anything uh, new? Brondo. Yeah, it has electrolytes. That's the, it's got that's, what you crave. Yeah, it's got <laughs> plants crave electrolytes. Uh, don't worry, people, you'll know what we're talking about someday. Actually, you yeah. should watch Idiocracy. I kid you not. And then when you see what's going on around you, you realize that someone actually made a movie about it, kind of like all the futuristic stuff that they made movies back in the 1960s and 1970s and even earlier than that. And all this stuff came true. And this is where we're heading. And uh, that's why Bob is going to brew gasoline inside of his garage before we know it. Yeah. Um, so Patrick... Bowman with his 1996 KDX 200, a free rear tire, Amazon handguards, and rusty gnarly pipe. Dude, this guy's sending it. Yeah, he's sending it. He's he's jumping this thing. You can tell. You can tell he came off a little crooked. He's he's a little crooked. He's back. He's doing the squat, and Travis just ate shit. Um, he's. <laughs> I'm stoked on this. So, so I, I'm a KDX 200 guy. I love the KDX 200s. Those things are good. He's riding the purple dinosaur year. They, they made them with purple gas tanks and shrouds, and uh, that that gives it some bonus points. It's kind of it's kind of a rarity, kind of like a Husaberg. It's it um, doesn't doesn't make a, a ton of power, but you know it, it definitely can put it to the ground. Um, I'm liking his style. Uh, he's he's doing everything he can, hucking it. Probably a fan of the show. It's going, it's going up, it's going up there a little bit. Like, don't be afraid to send us a KDX two hundred at any time. Yeah, I'd say above the the KX five hundred. Yeah, right above the KX five hundred because that guy was compensating for something when he got a five hundred. This guy's yeah. sending it on the two hundred, and he's pretty happy. That's the KX five hundred right there. Oh, if you don't know what that thing looks like, so yeah, right, right on the side there. So, yeah, what's his name? Patrick. Kind of reminds me of a young Gabe. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, kind of, before Gabe didn't like motorcycles. But, you know, it happens. You know, they get expensive and you get girlfriends and stuff and who knows how it works out. So there's the Rooster Endo board. Um, 
Logan, why don't you go ahead and hang that thing back up there? Because that is that is a a good thing. If you want to send us a rooster endo thing, just uh, just post it on one of our Facebook posts, or po- you know, post it to Dirt Bike Test, and we'll uh, we'll try to keep you uh, in line. But thanks to everybody for sending those things in. It's pretty good. Didn't go the way you thought it would. You thought that KDX was going to get railed, didn't you? I thought it was going to be more middle of the road, but I've no, I've ridden a KDX two hundred once, and I actually liked it. I tell you what, like that, that guy. He doesn't care about modifying it. He cares about riding it. Yeah, he, it's yeah. like a free rear tire. Like I know that guy. I was yeah. that guy. And that's that's a that's if you're having to go to that level to to ride, that's a that's a good thing. It'll make it'll make him uh, it'll make him stronger in the long run. So so what did you learn this week, Logan? Um, or today? Let's just say today. What did you learn today? Today, um, so. The government, as in school district, <laughs> is not updating their ways of how to get faster at changing schedules. Okay. For school. So what happened? So I have quite a few missing classes. Oh, so you missed classes. Yeah. And you're blaming the government. Well, school district, government, kind of. Can, can you fix these problems? Yeah, by wasting two hours in an auditorium. Oh, with a lot of other kids? Yeah. Oh. This is a legitimate problem with that high school. Oh. Yeah. Oh, because uh, you guys talked about, like, yeah, just yeah. Yeah. typical prompt stuff. So, well, that's okay, because I, I, have, I have a similar problem. Um, I'm always trying to figure out how to, you know, how to make things better and do things. And so it, it was brought to my attention that there's, there's like, a nine-year-old kid on YouTube that makes $30 million a year, and all he does is open up boxes. He does opens up boxes of toys. And um, so in the in the name of research and ruining my personal um, YouTube feed, I had to find out what this kid was, and, and I watched him. I don't know what happened, but I thought to myself, because you know, I'm trying to learn. This is what I do, Logan. I, I'm always – every day I want to learn something. I want to be smarter and and make things happen. So I I said, well, if if this kid can do it, then I can do it. Like we can open up boxes of stuff cuz we're talking about motorcycles and he's talk I don't know who he's talking to, but so but he has he has a little like a shtick, you know, he has like he's got a funny family and a brother. So I don't even I didn't I didn't watch enough to really get into it. So here's how we're going to do this. So um good friend of mine uh, named uh, Ricky Brabeck and his and his girlfriend Sarah Price. Here, put that on. That is the uh, the Tech Talk Taco Tuesday hat. This is, and, and if we we're ever talking about a nugget, like uh, like John Sermon, Bob's kid, uh, mm-hmm. this this would be a nugget because this would be we'll try to explain this. Yeah. So Logan is now wearing the Tech Talk Taco Tuesday hat. So we've got like a thing going. And hey, hey, we've got a box. Oh look, a box showed up. Like oh, a box. So. Logan, Logan, what's what's in the what's in the box? And uh, if you're listening to this, I just put a big box onto the thing, and it says CD on it because this is the box. This is the latest box that showed up. So get get super excited and open it up, kind of like the kid. Did you did you watch the? You, you probably watch him, right? No, no, I do not. Dude, at thirty million at thirty or at one point seven billion views, you had to have watched. I contributed to that thing. But you didn't, so you don't know how you don't know how to open a box on a show. No, no. I do not. Okay, open the box. Just pretend like you know what you're doing. Okay. 
Okay. Like, fake it like we always do. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Look, we got... What do we got, Logan? Uh, hopefully size 10 and a half CD boots. Uh, they're for me, so they're 11. Oh, 11 yeah. size yeah. boots. Well, you can you can pull them out of the box. Pull them out of the box now. That's what you do next. You're the main character on the screen. They're they're Jimmy's new CD boots, Logan. <laughs> Look, they have instruction manuals. Here, read read something out of this. Like, actually, have you ever read the instruction manuals for a boot? Where's the English part? Well, it's on one of the pages. Come on. There's got to be some, like, they come with lots of stuff. They come with teeth, macro, whatever the heck that is. Well, they, look, they come with stickers, too. Everybody likes stickers. Hold on, let me find the stickers. I got them here. Yep. Figure out what are they made, what, what are the boots made of? It's got to say in there someplace. Uh, Teflon material. Okay. Mater First page, leather. Are we to 10 million views yet? Full green tea. Uh, no, viewership's actually gone down. Really, since we started opening shit up? Uh, nah. I thought this is how you make this. It's actually stayed the same, but since we, since we started that. Oh, we're going to see a big boost once we do what I, yeah, like. Yeah. Well, it was probably a surprise. People didn't expect us to go this route. Right, well, no, no, they, they, they probably were watching us, then thought, I want to go watch this kid instead, and then... Oh, they, they yeah. clicked off to go watch the nine-year-old? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, man. Well, we're, we're, we're doing our best here. You, give us the tech specs, Logan. Come on, keep doing so the job. So it's uh, full-grain tea mi macro micro. So what it is is I, I read this because I, was, I actually read that stuff. It's, a, it's, a, it's leather, but it's leather that doesn't age. See what he did? He just, he just handed me the instructions, technical information manual, and picked up the stickers. Typical kid. I saw the this one. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So there's another nice. box in here that I I would like to open, but it's it's all the way over there. Oh no, that box is like no, you can't open that. Okay. Yeah, one one uh, Alaskan IPA and uh, but anyways, thank you uh, Motor Nation and CD Boots for um, keeping my feet safe again and again and again. Um, yeah, these are the boots that fit my feet the best. Um, and I have special needs, so everybody knows how that works. So that should be worth 10 million views and like probably what 1.7 thousand cents or something on the YouTubes. So uh, there was one other thing. You can take the hat off. We're done with that goofy segment. But remember, it, it could be coming at any time. Thanks, Ricky, for the hat. He said I should wear it, but see how I did that? Yeah. <laughs> Got out of that yeah. one. Uh, Sean Elliott asks, is electron carb a good investment for a MyCera 450X on a stock carb? How do you check if the fuel mixture screw is set correctly? Use the hot start level. So see how we can just drop right back into the, the good questions. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I do not have any experiences in the modern times with electron carb on a four stroke. So I can't answer if it's good or bad. Um, I know that there's a lot of guys that really like them on two strokes. I personally um, don't like them because I feel like I lose a certain amount of throttle response. Uh, but other people say they make the bikes ridiculously smooth, just like fuel injection. But I would prefer fuel injection over any carburetor every day of the week. But back to the CR450X. Um, on the stock carb, you check the fuel mixture screw uh, essentially – 
it's kind of like your it's it's kind of like right before your pilot jet and and part of your pilot jet. So your pilot jet is sort of a, it's idling and then the fuel mixture screw for me kind of comes into play just when you start cracking the throttle. So maybe I explained that a little bit wrong. I got to sneeze. <coughs> COVID. Um, so it's it's from it's from pilot jet up to you know just when the just when I what I would call the the needle starts taking over. So how do you, how do you adjust it? Typically, um, for me, it's it's if it needs to be around from 1.5 to 2.5 turns out the fuel screw does if you have to go less than that i'm just gonna make sure i get this straight if you have to go less fuel screw you need a leaner pilot jet and if you have to go more fuel screw you need a richer pilot jet so the fuel screw kind of tells you whether your pilot jet is right and then you're at that point just sort of fine-tuning the pilot jet and hopefully your needle is right because if the needle's wrong then all that when it transitions onto the needle which is about like one third throttle on up everything's kind of uh, out there so so the way i adjust the fuel screw is and it also comes in conjunction with the pump squirt it's a whole nother thing that's not adjustable on the stock car where you can but you can uh, buy adjustable um uh, pump squirt diaphragms and things like this uh so there's a lot. That's the problem with these stupid four-stroke carburetors. And good God, if you have to take that carburetor off that bike. You've, I made you do that before, haven't I? Try to get a carburetor off a Honda 450X? You had to have that task here yet? Uh, I think you told me to do it. I got another one for you. So anytime, there's some work out there. It's because uh, I started, there's the one that I started up the other day, and it needs it needs a mid-body. Um, it needs mid-body gaskets, a whole nother nightmare. So what you should do is just take that entire bike and throw it in the trash can and buy a fuel-injected one. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, I don't use the hot start lever at all in, in tuning um, a, uh, a four-stroke carburetor. Uh, the hot start, I use it, when do I, when do I ever use the hot start? I'll probably use it for something or other, but I can't remember right now. So, okay, next question. You want to read that one, Logan? You got that, or you know uh, which one it is? No, I can't. You can't read it? Okay. Todd Kelly says, I'm doing a dual sport in Colorado coming up in a couple weeks. I've usually always run tubeless, but I've had a few recent failures and don't want to carry extra gear if I don't have to. I'm going to go with mooses on this ride, but I am concerned about the pavement sections and premature failure from heat. What's too much tarmac or too fast? Todd, you're never going to go too fast or run into problems in Colorado with mooses ever, unless you do something that's completely ridiculous. If you're on a regular, if you're on a regular dual sport ride and you're minding your P's and Q's, not breaking the speed limit, you'll never have any problem. I mean, I run them all the time, and we do ten and fifteen mile an hour stints on hundred degree pavement at seventy miles an hour. And I don't have any issues on my uh, on my mooses, especially if they're fresh ones. And it sounds like since you're switching over to those being fresh ones, uh, with your tubeless system, um, sometimes those things wear, and and uh, sometimes when they've been on for a while, they they develop leaks and stuff. Sometimes putting more um, Armorall 
is what they use. You know, break the bead on the tire and throw armor all and stuff. But I'm with you on, especially when you're doing the dual sport stuff, I've had them slowly leak air on high speed sections. Um, you know, I don't know exactly why. A lot of times because I was running a lot lower pressure and then that, that torque on the tire, you know, probably flexed the bead and let a little air burp out of it at different times. So uh, I would go with Moose's every time for more reliability. Are we running out of questions? Oh, no, definitely not. I just didn't want to keep jumping around. Uh, Sean and Elliot had another one. How is a recluse different with a cable clutch? Should I put a hydraulic clutch on a CR450X? Um, so the the reason it's different is because the the with the hydraulic clutch, so the re- recluse is always doing the work for you, and the hydraulic clutch... Um, self-compensates like so in other words if it's kind of moving around it finds its uh its happy space where with a cable clutch it can't you know you you have a cable so it can't constantly be adjusting so you kind of have to set it so the cable always feels like it's stiff you know like the clutch lever is always pulled all the way out because the the clutch is essentially um when it's when it's uh, not when the bike's not running, it's expanded. In other words, so it's disengaged. So it's almost like you're when you're even though your clutch is out, the recluse has made it so it's out. And then when you pull on it, and the, the so the position changes. Where if you pull on a hydraulic clutch, it'll actually self compensate and adjust. So that's how it's different. And no, if you have a recluse, since if your recluse is working properly, you never use the clutch lever. There's really no need for a hydraulic clutch. That makes sense, Logan? A uh, little bit. A little bit? Yeah, because you've ridden, I don't know if you've ridden a recluse on a, on a cable bike. Um, the Some of the Hondas that we have have them. Yeah. So you have experience. with So it's weird the way the lever feels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not like, but you never use it. No. So, yeah, that should be. It, um, it was weird enough for me to actually just stop using it. Jordan Siegel says, any recommendations for rubber-mounted bar mounts? The new Husky 501 clamps and bars are very rigid. Huh. So I've used the BRP mount that's usually in conjunction with the Scott's um, sub-mount damper mount, and those do uh, some stuff. I know there's the what – the, what are the factory KTMs around? What's that system called? Do you know what that is? The – uh, I knew that the there it's it's a rubber mounted neckens. Yeah, like a, is it neckin that makes yeah. the system that, that? Well, I don't know. They use neckin bars. No, there's there's a system that 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 the KTM factory bikes run that does a that does some sort of rubber mounting. It's actually in the clamp. Um, there's a company called Mako that does something that's also in the clamp. It it basically binds the bar. And then has an, an elastomer between the bar and the the actual clamp. Um, that's a that's a system. Um, they all sort of do something a little bit different, and they have advantages and disadvantages. And so it kind of depends on what you're trying to get rid of. I run flex bars um, on most of my bikes because they seem to do the most, and they're very easily adjustable. Where some of the Elastomer uh, based clamps 
tend to, you know, some of them actually reduce vibration. I know the BRP does, and it depends on which elastomer you run on it, like which vibration range. Like I think, and I have to go out and look at my bikes, I think I run a certain color on my 500 and a certain color on my 350, and then I wanted something different for the two-stroke. When I put it on a two-stroke, I wanted a different, because it was like where this bike kind of vibrates, um, it uh, doesn't go. And then there's a lot of different handlebar bends and uh, not bends, but uh, stiffnesses that can kind of help you out with uh, that kind of a feel. And I think of a lot of it's just kind of trial and error with uh, with what you're trying to what you're trying to find. So what you got to identify, like, am I trying to get rid of vibration? Then some of those you know those isolators, those rubber isolators help. If you're trying for a, a softer, more compliant ride, then look more at the at the clamp. The, the either the flex bars or the Mako system that kind of lets the the bars move around. So Solar SS says a 10 gas gas TXT 300 Pro AJP brakes having trouble with the rear caliper getting air in bleeding air out only helps temporarily. Any tips on rebuild kips or maybe trying to find a brake tet rig? placement who um it's probably just the seals you know someplace i don't know how readily available the ajp stuff is uh and i don't know if the um yeah i have i have an older gas gas it's kind of funny because on my older KTMs, we're starting, you know, we start to have this problem. I think the the seals harden up a little bit and and they just tend to get air into them because um, it's not coming in through the lines and stuff like that. Just the seals tend to, you know, when they, you know, they, they sit or get, get uh, tight. But I don't know. Um, yeah, probably you're probably going to have to either find a caliper or find out if that system is compatible with something else. Um, and that's the thing when you're buying kind of these brands like a gas gas or a tm or something is when you run into problems with those you know aftermarket parts that's uh that's a little bit of an issue so we have any other any other good are we good uh, nuggets uh, <laughs> see that i thought there was one more but maybe i'm crazy could be uh, we're looking at all the all of the things on uh, the there's, here, chat here's, rooms. Here's one. I didn't think it was that good of a question. But. I need Jimmy Lewis to settle an argument. When do you think a B-level amateur rider has to have the newest bike because a 2018 is falling behind in performance and it's holding him back? Um, it's <laughs> a B-level rider is complaining a 2018 bike is holding him back. What year is my YZ125? 2005 yeah it's almost as old as you um it's one month older than me probably right and i was in front of eli tomac so i'm gonna say no just (laughs) just by just based on facts those everything i said was a fact right yeah the bike's old and it wasn't holding me back because i was in front of eli tomac no, it's it's. This is the cool thing about dirt bikes and m- motorcycles and, and in general, is with our sport, the the ability on the bike, especially when you're a B rider. So let's just say your bike, a 2018 bike, you think it's holding you back. Um, 
if you put a if you put a C rider on that bike, would he would he all of a sudden become a B rider? And then it's a B rider that that bike's level is not going to be that much better to take you to the the next level. It's it's all riding skill, dude. It's all riding skill because you can I you know <laughs> go look at Carson Brown videos on on Instagram. Uh, Carson Brown nine ten. Watch him ride junk bikes around and 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 just kill it. Hauling, yeah. He hauls ass on anything he gets on. He can't help himself. Watch this and then go, when he gets on that KE100 and rips around on it, or he gets on a 1982 XR200 and doing triples and quads and stuff like that, it's not the bike that's slowing him down. And if you got in your 2018, he would still spoke you on that 1982 XR. So, no, at that level, I don't think a, a bike that's three or four years old. The bikes have been really good. All of them have been really good since two. I'm gonna I'm gonna say 2010. I mean, just roughly 2010. Everything has been really, really good since then. You know, like like in in little things like you know, okay, we got rid of carburetors. That made them that much better. And we and we you know we haven't had these evolutions in suspension and chassis and handling that are, that are leaps and bound. That's going to, that's going to hold you back a quota skill level or make you a better or worse rider. So it's not the bike. It's not about the bike. Is the new XR 600 air cooled? There's no new XR 600. Um, if they, they still sell a new XR 600 air cooled. I don't think they do, but I don't know. I don't think the XR600 is still in the lineup. Maybe someplace else. And uh, Also, I found one. It's Brandon Stinger Davis. Is it a bad idea to coast downhill for an extended period of time in neutral? Um, no, I think that's myth. I think that's a myth. Because I think what he's worried about is, is um, Having because at that point your motor's not running, so none of the motor stuff is running. The clutch is sitting still. Everything in that side thing is still so, and it means your oil pump is sitting still. But and it, it it could depend a little bit on the bike, but the oil and it might be a two stroke. So there's doesn't at that point it doesn't make any difference because there's no oil pumps in the two strokes. The transmission is generally bathed in an oil bath, and having. And even when you're neutral, there are some gears that are spinning. A lot of stuff is still spinning inside the transmission when you're in neutral. And it's going to be throwing plenty of oil around to lubricate everything there. And I think it would take a really, 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 really long hill before anything could go wrong. So, yeah, chalk that one up to myths. Uh, San Felipe Bob says, entering my dad into the rate my ride. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, Jimmy Lewis, didn't you buy a carb to try on some of your older bikes? George Justice asks this. Yes, I have it, and I haven't put it on because, amazingly, just the threat of that, it's a a knockoff key and FCR carb with good parts put into it. Um just the threat of that carb being around, all of my other bikes started working fine. All of my KTMs, and it's jetted for a KTM um, 400 or 525. They're all sitting there, like, now behaving like they should. So um, I have it ready to go. 
but haven't used it. Okay, I think we're uh, I think we're pretty good. Yeah, I think. Uh, was oh, there any congratulations from Restream! We've received a hundred messages today. It must have been that box opening, Logan. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna have to do that every time. So you just get used to wearing that goofy hat. I'm New segment. S- what's in the box? I'm gonna send pictures out to your girlfriend, and uh, that's the way it's gonna go. So Matt, thank you for uh, help us. Everybody, thank yep. you for. Um, Joining in is Casa Azul that much better than Reserva of the Family? Uh, yes, Class A Azul is better than Reserva of the Family, in my personal opinion. Glad I could give you some tequila advice. The Malagro was medium as uh, expected, but a nice big blue bottle. Oh, we should do another rooster endo for tequila. A rooster endo for tequila? Yeah, yeah. We'll just use bottles and just have them stacked up at the top or something. Right, There's no right. room. So. Okay, uh, like I said, join in um, uh, if you're if you're watching this or listening to this someplace else. And you want to email us a question? Do so. Um, best place to do the questions if you're watching it later is on the YouTube um, video that we post up. If you check our Facebook Dirt Bike Test Facebook uh, page, we always looking at that right before the show kind of goes live and. Other than that, um, just try to get a hold of uh, Logan at the uh, the local high school. He's uh, he's organizing a union now. Is that what you're doing? Um, no, I'm sitting doing nothing in an auditorium. Doing nothing in an auditorium. Try to learn something when you're there, man. Just make the best of it. So, okay, with that, we will say cheers. We'll see you out on the trail. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. Who are we? We make and sell the ultimate products to perfect out your Austrian dual sport motorcycle, um, a KTM EXC, EXCF, XCFW, Husqvarna FE, and FES. And soon we'll be developing uh, some, some products and components for the Honda CRF 450L, RL, and X bikes. Uh, We build out bikes for our clients and friends from Sunday Trail Specials all the way up to fully equipped global slayers like what RTW Paul is riding on as he uh, travels around the world on an EXC 500. Uh, In late 21, we'll be rolling out a full-service suspension shop as well as a motor program, full rebuilds, blueprinting, balancing, getting rid of the motor buzz and the big board KTM thumpers, top-end valve grindings, uh, the works, Uh, We want to extend, ultimately, what we're after is to extend your ride day uh, and your endurance and your stamina and be able to keep you on the bike for more riding years. We've got a bunch of 70-year-old riders out there who, with our help, hopefully will be riding well into their 90s. Taco Motico, find us out on all the socials. Uh, Go out and get some adventure.